0: Welcome to Beat KC, the Kansas City Stars Daily Sports Podcast. It's Friday, October 29th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Kansas State picked up its first conference victory of the season last weekend in dramatic fashion at Texas Tech, an outcome that so infuriated the Red Raiders that they fired their coach, Matt Wells, earlier this week. But it was a terrific victory for the Wildcats, who trailed 14-0 before their offense had the ball the game turned on an excellent defensive play that beat writer Kelis Robinette will tell you about. After a break, Missouri beat writer Lila Bromberg talks about the Tigers' best chance to win their first SEC game when they visit Vanderbilt on Saturday. Also, we hadn't checked in with Lila since Mizzou got a commitment from five-star wide receiver Luther Burden, and she'll break down what that means for the program. So, let's get started talking college football. Kelis Robinette covers Kansas State, for the Wichita Eagle and Kansas City Star. And tell us, you saw a Big 12 victory by the <laughs> team
1: that you cover last week. Uh, yeah, that's a rarity in our area anymore, right? Yeah. But yeah, it, it was a, it was a good game. It was a fun game, and it was a much-needed game for Kansas State. Didn't look like it was going to happen when they fell behind 14-0 and stayed behind 24-10. But they put together a great second half. Skyler Thompson played great, threw the ball for almost 300 yards. Stu Swan had three touchdowns. And lo and behold, the defense scraped some things together, switched some things up. Pitched a second second half shutout, comes back to win 25-24. And um, they weren't happy about it in Lubbock because they already fired their coach. But a heck of a win for Kansas State.
0: I think the defense turned in the game's signature play. and We'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. But um, I was just settling in on the couch for the 11 a.m. kick and wondering why kansas state thought the game started at noon that was an unbelievable start for kansas state texas tech scores on the second snap on a jet sweep i don't think the guy was touched he was not yeah and then malik knowles fumbles the the kickoff return i i don't expect you know one of the best special return men anyway in the big 12 probably in the country and the ball gets you know knocked out and and then Texas Tech scores uh, on a fourth, a nice call, fourth down call with the goal line to go 14 zip. And I'm thinking, what is what am I watching here? That had to be pretty distressing for uh, Chris Kleinman. And what did he say about the slow start after
1: Uh Well, he's been as puzzled and defensive about the slow starts as anybody. This isn't the first time that's happened. Um, if you go back uh, even a week earlier, they played Iowa State. They give up a 75 yard touchdown round on the very first play against Brees Hall. Um, and it really, you know, it wasn't anything surprising. They just ran a, you know, running back uh, dive basically behind right tackle, blocked it well. Kansas State couldn't handle it. Kind of same thing here. They ran two plays, um, both get huge yardage. And then uh, the fumble, um, got, I don't know, uncharacteristic. Um, it's kind of been feast or famine with Knowles all season. Either he gives you a touchdown or he gives you a fumble. It's one of those two things. So kind of a weird deal, but uh, yeah, I don't think they can totally explain why they can't uh, start games better than they have. Um, But you got to at least commend them for, for sticking with it, not panicking and coming back. But that, that is not a great trend. Um, Their, their odds of winning every game when they fought, when they spot another team, 14 points before their offense can even touch the ball is very low.
0: Yeah, especially on the road like that, and um, but yeah, th- that's exactly right. It did show some character for them to come back and and win that game, and and, and as you mentioned, the reaction in Lubbock not so positive about uh, um, for losing that game. That that was, you know, the, the the news started to come out. I think on Monday, right, and it was uh, Mac Engel from the Fort Worth Star Telegram who broke the story about Matt Wells.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's got to be just so frustrating for Kirby Hokut, um, a Kansas State grad, to watch Texas Tech squander a game like that against Kansas State. And it's not the first time they've done it. I think Kansas State's won 10 of the last 11 in that series. Wow. Yeah, um, and they they've all been really close, and I believe it was a few years ago when they decided to part ways with Cliff Kingsbury that was actually – Um, They didn't go ahead and fire him the next day. They waited until the season ended. But I think they made the decision when Kansas State beat Texas Tech here in a really just bizarre game. Texas Tech was favored, and they came out and played horribly. It was cold. They didn't bother to bring, um, like, heated benches or anything. So their sideline was just shivering the whole game. And they they outplayed him so much that that was the game where um, Bill Snyder actually greenlit a um, right tackle uh, lateral to Dalton Reisner in the final play catches it. It turned out that they said it was forward is really close, but it, it just shows you how, how dominant Kansas state has been in the series that they were throwing touchdown near touchdown passes to their right tackles against Texas tech. And I, I, I don't doubt that that's part of it. Uh, a Kansas state grad is just fed up and not going to balls, fed up with losing to Kansas state and said, let's move on here. I thought he was kind of a lame duck coach just based on the schedule they have left. I don't see any more wins on Texas Tech's schedule, but it was surprising they went ahead and made the move now.
0: And it worked out well for the previous Texas Tech coach who happens to be, (laughs) you know, have the best team in the NFL right now. That is, that's a remarkable story uh, with, with, with what's going on in Arizona with Cliff Kingsbury.
1: It's crazy, isn't it? Talk about falling up.
0: Absolutely. He was in trouble after a year, though. But then, Kyler Murray gets there and look, he's, uh, he's, he's probably the MVP of the NFL after what's uh, seven weeks. So,
1: so which NFL team is Matt Wells coaching next year? <laughs> the
0: the real question. Right. He's going to hire him, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. As I mentioned earlier, right. And so I'm watching the game and Kansas state great punt puts, um, you know, puts Texas tech at the four and if, if you thought uh, you're, you might see a safety here, it would be on a passing play. That was not the case. Um, Texas Tech running back took the handoff, and no sooner was the ball in his gut, he was down in the end zone on maybe the best defensive play I have seen this season in college football. I'm going to help. have you help me pronounce the name. Uh, Azoma
1: is what I can get, but uh, how about taking care of the rest of it? I believe it is Felix Enidike Uzama. It's Uzama, okay. I believe that's how his parents pronounce his name. Um, yeah, he, he started the season going by just Felix Enidike. Now it's the hyphenated name. Uh, after making plays like this, who knows, maybe his name gets even longer as the season goes on. Um, but he can call himself whatever he wants. And he's got to keep making plays like that. He he has had a very, very impressive season, especially because he's replacing a guy like Wyatt Hubert, who was an all-conference player here at defensive end, got drafted in the NFL last season. Everybody thought they were gonna drop off a defensive end without him, but Felix comes in, he ranks second in the Big 12 in sacks right now, six through seven games. And then he has that just incredible play where not only does he time the snap perfectly, burst through the gap perfectly, tackle the guy perfectly. He does it with a six foot seven Texas tech offensive lineman holding him on his back the whole way. Um, you know, it, it's not quite, um, who is it who made that amazing play at uh, South Carolina many years ago with a clowny? Oh yeah. Today being clowny against Michigan in the, yeah. in the bowl game. Yeah. he goes through, knocks the guy's helmet off. It wasn't quite to that effect, but I mean, it was close. You don't see too often one guy, basically go one on three and blow up and play like that um originally when i saw it live i kind of blamed texas tech i'm like what are you doing going shotgun and and uh, handing the ball off and wasting all that time so you can even put yourself in that position but when i watched it i replay it's just a phenomenal play by him i, I give all the credit in the world and that that was impressive
0: yeah look and, and if that if that offensive tackle was smart, you would have tackled him uh, because yes. that, that would have been a yes. half a distance to the goal penalty and not a safety. You know? <laughs> I mean, you're know, you right. He held him the whole way and still um, Felix got through and, and made the tackle. Phenomenal play. There is a story now on uh, on Kansas.com and KansasCity.com, Kellis, that you wrote that takes us into the background of Enidiki Uzama, which is really interesting. His recruiting story – I didn't, you know, I, I didn't know about this. Uh, tell us about who, who all was after him coming out of Lee Summit High School.
1: Well, his dream was to play Power Five somewhere. He didn't care where, where it was. If a Power Five school offered him, he was going there. But nobody seemed too interested. Um, his best offers were from North Dakota State. Uh, he was very interested. He uh, was content to go play there. But like I mentioned, he really wanted to go Power Five, so he was holding out for offers. By the time he finally said, "Okay, maybe it's not in the cards for me. Um, I'll just go to North Dakota State. They accepted another defensive end in his position, didn't have enough scholarships left for him, said, sorry, can't come here anymore. So his options were basically down to he said Bowling Green had an offer for him but he just hated, hated the idea of going that far away. Couldn't do it. Talked to a few schools around the area about, you know, I don't know, maybe walking on, decided he didn't want to do that. And as of December 16th of two years ago, his plan was to attend Missouri as just a regular student, majoring in whatever, not playing football at all, wasn't gonna do college football. And then kind of out of the blue, Kansas State, who he'd been talking to said, you know what, Uh, we need some help on defense. We'll take a chance on you, here's a scholarship. And he, before they could even finish the sentence, said, all right, I'm in. Um, So, I mean, hey, great move. Great move by Kansas State's recruiting coordinator to identify that and to offer the scholarship because I remember when he when he when he uh when they announced they were signing him, it was kind of out of the blue. It was like really a guy who, you know, maybe at one time was, you know, I, I know Chris Clement has the connection to North Dakota State, but I was surprised it meant that much that he would offer this kid. Uh, but they saw something nobody else did. And um he he's he's proven to be a real diamond in the rough.
0: You know, because he's from Lee Summit and would have just just gone to Missouri as a regular student, I imagine he got caught in the in the coaching transition at Mizzou between Barry Odom and Elijah Drinkwitz, and that's why you know he wasn't recruited by by the Tigers, um, a program that currently ranks last in uh, in FBS in total defense. Somebody that could use um, a defensive talent like this, so. Uh, anyway, it was, again, if you haven't seen it and it's, it's uh, attached to your story on, on the website, uh, a clip of the play, it really is a phenomenal play and made, uh, made ESPN's highlights, didn't it? Uh, um, who was it? A big, big man balling, uh, whoever, Marcus uh-huh. Spears does that, uh, that thing on ESPN. So a lot of national pub for a well-deserved and, and great play. Okay. Kansas state uh, looks to create a winning streak, a big 12 winning streak and TCU comes to town. This has been an interesting series, um, uh, close games. Kansas state seems to find a way in, in, in this series, but uh three point spread. Kansas, the, the Wildcats are favored. I, I, I suspect we're going to see another close game here, aren't we?
1: I think so. Um, the <laughs> It's kind of weird because uh, both teams have been so up and down. If TCU brings their A game, I could see them winning comfortably. If K-State brings their A game, I could see them winning comfortably. Um, and it, it's just weird um, because this is not a vintage TCU defense like we've come to love from Gary Patterson. Um, they are just terrible. Uh, I, I was going out of my because I know teams have been running on them. I went out of my way to figure out how bad it's been. They've, they've, in their last six games, they've given up an average of 269 yards on the ground, which uh, can't make Gary happy but it's not like teams are just lining up and gashing them there. They've been going up 200 yards to the air in all those same games. Uh, so it's, it's just really weird that they can't stop anybody. They are explosive on offense. They've got really good running backs. Um, and for whatever reason, it seems like they got talent. They just haven't been playing up to it. So, you know, it's kind of a lot like Kansas state, some games, they, they come out and have things going and everything looks great. Other games, it's the complete opposite. So I do think it'll be a close game. Um, but I, I kind of like Kansas State's chances here coming home with a little bit of momentum.
0: This is like uh, with Max Dugan against uh, Skylar Thompson. This is like Johnny Unitas, Joe Namath at the end of their careers in the NFL. I mean, just <laughs> two, two quarterbacks, that uh, routinely have been around forever.
1: Yes, they uh... And especially in this series, I mean, Kansas State fans, I, I guarantee can't tell you who played quarterback at TCU before it was Duggan, and nobody at TCU can remember who was doing it before Thompson. Uh, so yeah, that, that'll be interesting when those two get when those two players actually leave. But they're they're actually having good seasons. Duggan's putting up good numbers. Thompson is thrown for basically 300 yards of, in each of his last two games. So that's what makes this this game interesting. Is um, you know both teams both teams have the ability to be balanced. They can hurt you through the air on the ground. Just kind of depends on game to game. So that that'll be an interesting chess match. What do these defense coordinators try to take away from each other?
0: All right, hey, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll catch up with Lila Bromberg, who covers the Missouri Tigers. They're looking for their first conference victory at Vanderbilt on Saturday, and of course, Mizzou coming off a of bye week made big news with the getting a commitment from a five-star wide receiver from East St. Louis, Luther Burden. We'll hear what Lila has to say about that as we bid farewell to Kellis. Good catching up, Kellis. We'll talk
1: again next week. Look forward to it.
0: Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. We're talking with Lila Bromberg, who covers the Missouri Tigers. And Lila, you're heading to Nashville on Saturday, and Missouri, winless in the SEC, hoping to get that first W in, uh, against Vandy. Now, I know you weren't covering the team two years ago, but this was a bad trip for Missouri in 2019. They were a ranked team that went to an unranked Vanderbilt and ended up losing that game. Uh, Missouri's a big favorite here, I believe. And what has what Eli Drinkwood said about getting ready for a game in which he's a big favorite?
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, like you said, they haven't won an SEC game. Neither is Vanderbilt. Neither of these teams have actually won a game against number power five team. Um, This is very much a game for who's going to finish last in the SEC East. Um, And, you know, Drinkwitz talked a little bit about that, um, about kind of You know, some people asked him about that game from 2019, you know, he said kind of his classic thing he says every week where it's a one and no mentality and we're not looking in the past. Um, He, you know, pointed out a lot about their defense, the challenge that kind of lies ahead with not necessarily knowing who's going to be playing at quarterback for Vanderbilt. Um, But, you know, really talked a lot about their focus over the bye week, some of the injury struggles and other things within the team. Um, I don't think we're overlooking this game at all because it's one that they desperately need.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I, I was interested. I think you retweeted a, uh, a graphic, uh, last week. And I didn't realize this, that as you just said, Missouri is one of the maybe five schools. It doesn't the power mm-hmm. five schools that have a victory over the other. Kansas is another one of those. So, and, and of course, Vandy, that, that was, I hadn't thought about it that way, but absolutely true. And, but this is a, This is the best opportunity that Missouri is going to have for that this season, just based on projecting what the odds makers are saying. You mentioned injuries. Guys, they got some bad news with Case Cook. What a a nice player he's been for the Tigers, and he is now gone for the season.
2: Yeah, you lose a team captain. You lose your starting right guard. When they let out the news last week that he was injured, they didn't really say what, but when we talked to Drinkwitz on uh, Tuesday, he said that, Case had actually suffered a shoulder injury in that Kentucky game and was told after that game to shut down his season by doctors. Um, but he wanted to keep playing. And, you know, I, that's why you kind of saw him miss a couple games here and there. Um, Cause he was trying to rehab it and see what he could, but it had gotten to a point this past week where, you know, he just couldn't keep going and doctors really had to, you know, put their foot down and say, you know, you can't be playing anymore. So that's definitely a big loss, especially, Given that, you know, Connor Baselak has struggled a lot in recent weeks. In his past three games against Power 5 opponents, he's thrown, you know, a lot of interceptions.
0: Seven, I think. Right. And then just with the one touch Dude's
2: thrown a seven on the season and six in the last three games against power five opponents. Um, right. you know, the offensive line was kind of a strong suit early in the season. And then you really saw once case did get injured, we didn't necessarily know what was going on at the time, but it hasn't been as good in recent weeks. And so not having case cook in there definitely will have an impact. Um, cause he's one of the better players for his team.
0: And Missouri lost a couple of players to the transfer portal, not not guys that were getting seeing much playing time, but that's sort of the, that's that's what college football in 2021 is. You um you don't like what's going on and you enter the portal one, very familiar name, surname anyway, for Missouri fans.
2: Yeah, Jamori Mark Macklin uh, entered the transfer portal. Um he had broken his arm and in, in fall camp and um had only gotten like three targets or something like that so far of a season. And had like one cash on his career in 2020. Um, so he decided to enter the uh, transfer portal. they um, have obviously got a lot of depth at wide receiver and he just wasn't really kind of finding a way into that rotation. And I think, you know, we even talked to him but probably the combination of that and how much of a team is struggling, it's kind of a no brainer to transfer there. Um, so he entered the transfer portal and then you had Jamie Petway, a linebacker um, enter the transfer portal as well. Um, he had seen about 80-something snaps on defense before most of any linebacker. Um, so that was a position that already wasn't deep at all, and then you lose some depth there as well.
0: Yeah. Okay, so we've talked about who's not going to be around for Missouri. There was big news during the uh, open week on a Missouri newcomer, someone who is going to play for Missouri, and that is Luther Burden. What big news, what a big get for the Missouri Tigers. Guys, I think this happened either the day, the, the evening of or the day after we last talked. So we've gone too long without bringing this up, Lila. This this is huge for for the Tigers, a five star wide receiver from East St. Louis. And you went to the signing ceremony, I believe, right?
2: Yeah, I went to the signing ceremony because, you know, kind of knew. At least me. the
0: announcement. I, we started signing, so the, the announcement.
2: Yeah, the announcement. Sorry, yeah, the announcement. Yeah, he's the number two uh, all-time recruit in program history. Um, a huge, huge get for Missouri, getting him to stay close to home um, and try and build this program over the likes of Georgia and Alabama. You know, Missouri doesn't get a lot of recruiting wins over schools like that. Um, and it also really bumps up that recruiting class. The last I checked, um, this could change because recruiting ch- rankings, you know, change all the time with commitments, but at the time he committed, it bumped them up to the number 14 class in the country and fifth in the sec. Uh, they haven't finished higher than like 11th, um, in, in conference recruiting rankings. Um, so definitely you know, a big deal to have him on board. He's a guy who can make an impact right away and having him come in and then having um, a really good quarterback in Sam Horn coming in with him. I mean, you're kind of looking at the future of the Missouri offense down the line.
0: What did Luther Burden say about why he chose Missouri over, over the others?
2: Yeah, so he talked a lot about how he wanted to um, be the first, how, you know, if he went to Georgia, Alabama, he would just be like another top player to go there. Um, He wanted to be um, one of the first to, you know, be going to Missouri to help build a program to, you know, do it for his city. He's originally from St. Louis, um, Missouri. So he really talked a lot about that and, and just kind of his, I think he really liked Drinkwitz's pitch to him about being a part of building this program. And, you know, it reminded me a lot of recruitings I've covered previously with, um, I didn't cover it, but, you know, I remember Stefan Diggs was a very similar situation um, at Maryland in, in 2012, where he talked about that same thing, doing it for your city, where Kim Jarrett, who fr- flipped from LSU to Maryland, was also a five-star receiver, talked about the same thing. And um, that's something that Drinkwoods is really, you know, hitting on a recruiting and wants to continue to hit on is trying to get a lot of these St. Louis kids and um, kids in the Kansas City area um, to, you know, those top talents to stay home instead of going to these other big programs and pitching that, um, you know, they can build something special themselves.
0: Now, uh, it it is just a, you know, an oral commitment, nothing Mm -hmm. nothing signed yet. And it's Missouri's not the first school that, uh, that Luther burden could committed to right. Um, uh, Oklahoma, uh, last year, but, um, this, this one feels like it's going to stick. Right. And this one feels like, uh, he is, you know, this, the, the way he addressed it at the at his media conference, he just he just kind of had a sense that he can't wait to get to Missouri, put on the uniform and get going.
2: Yeah. And, and he was asked about that, about, you know, whether he, you know, might consider changing his mind again or, um, you know, how serious he was about this. And, and he made it clear that, you know, he, he really plans at being at Missouri. He plans on uh, graduating high school early and enrolling in January as well.
0: All right, Lila. We were going to talk a little hoops, but let's save that for next week. There's plenty to discuss with this new roster, and I was really fascinated by the idea of uh, of who Conzo Martin believes will handle the ball most.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How about that as a tease? We'll we'll tease that <laughs> statement for for next week. Lila, great catching up, and we'll talk to you again soon.
2: Thanks for having me on.
0: That'll do it for today and this week on Sports BKC. Thanks to our production staff of Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Salute to Lila Bromberg and Kellis Robinette for stopping by and talking college football. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on kansascity.com. So let's talk about the morning sports edition. If you're not seeing it, you're really missing out. On KansasCity.com, go to the Stars E-Edition, that's a replica of the printed newspaper on your screen that comes with your digital subscription. Well now, there is an updated sports section produced separately that goes along with it. When you open the E-Edition, there's a box in the upper right-hand corner that says All Editions. Click on that, and you can access anywhere from 15 to 50 pages of sports. Hey, it's access to complete coverage of the previous day's sports news, features, statistics, everything. It's fantastic. Hey, thanks for reading The Star and listening to our podcast lineup. You're helping support the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City, and we could not produce programs like Sports Beat KC without you. We'll be back on Monday with another episode.